Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May here with you for another edition of Fizz Radio. Jaron, big matchup for Syracuse today. Well, not so big. It's BC. We'll give you a quick BC preview just to tip off, then talk some tournament talk, play a little game of sink or swim, and then get to our fictional Fizz and our Fizz feedback. Jaron, let's hop right into it. This BC squad, not very good. That's what Syracuse learned last time they played them, a 101-point win for SU. What, what, what should we know about uh, BC this time around, Jaron? Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of summed it up. Boston College, not good. I mean, if you want to put it in plain and simple terms for all of our listeners, they're just not good. They're 3-12 and this season. Their only wins came against Rhode Island, who's actually a pretty decent team, but that was the second game of the season. They beat Maine, which in Ken Palm's ranking is 344. There's only, uh, I don't actually know the specific number, but there's actually, I'll look it up. Matt, I will look it up just for you. I'm glad you look it up. There are 357 teams. Maine is 344. So uh, they are the 13th worst team in the NCAA. And then they beat Miami. Um, And, you know, Miami has been a streaky team this season. They sometimes are really hot, sometimes really cold. They grabbed a pretty decent win, a 22-point win over Miami, but... It really comes once in a blue moon if it's a, if it's a W for Boston College. Now, when you look at their schedule, uh, they basically win one game, lose the next four. Win one game, lose the next four. Win another game. Most recently, it was Miami. That was three games ago. So technically, if they follow this pattern, Syracuse should be in the clear. Yeah, that's not exactly a pattern that's going to get you. <laughs> anywhere but you know Syracuse also has faltered a little bit this season some big losses coming off a win against NC State should SU be at all worried for this game no not at all I don't uh, think so either yeah yeah that that NC State game was pretty good you got some momentum back on your side Syracuse was definitely needing a win after a pretty bad loss to Clemson um and it was just it was a while since they beat someone um Their last win before this most recent NC State win was actually NC State on January 31st. So I think that was an important win. You get some momentum on your side. Now you head into a Boston College team that, like we talked about, you beat by basically 40 the last time, and you had your best shooting performance. So I think Syracuse is not going to be able to replicate the 101-63 win like they had over Boston College in, uh, in December. However, if you have half that, you're fine. Because again, this Boston College team isn't too good. And we can get into the analytics a little more, Matt. But overall, Boston College, not good. Syracuse in a pretty good spot. And this is a must win for the Orange. Absolutely a must win for the Orange. And if you look at BC's roster a little bit more, you'll learn that last time out, they only dressed six scholarship players. They're dealing with a little bit of of COVID troubles. Some of their, uh, Makai Ashton Lankford just came back from a knee injury. They were without Lucas Kraljevich. A lot of problems for the Eagles. Yeah, it is. And let's let's actually go through some of the big names. So like you just said, uh, Kraljevich, pretty big loss. Not massive, but uh, I mean, he's a decent player. Makai Ashton Lankford is kind of how that offense runs. It's, it's Makai Ashton Lankford and it's Winston Tabs and sometimes Jay Heath. 
Those are the three big names you need to know offensively for Boston College. Um, you also have their big men, and James Karnick actually put up a really good game against Syracuse back in December. He had 20 points, 8 rebounds. He's a transfer from Lehigh. So he, I mean, you know Syracuse has had some difficulty defending good big men down low this season. He doesn't instill the fear that some of, say, the North Carolina big men do or some of the other really good ACC caliber centers and forwards. Uh, but Karnick is, is a solid player, and then Stephon Mitchell um, is actually a pretty decent passer from the low post. So you have those two guys, and then, again, Ashton Langford, Heath, Tabs. Those are the big names that you need to know for Boston College. Um, none of them are go-to automatic scores. It's really who's going to step up in whatever game situation. None of them are consistent. So it's pick your poison. Who knows what's going to happen uh, today on Saturday. So we we know that Syracuse pummeled them last time out. We know that Syracuse has kind of struggled at times this season after that point. It's kind of a big game for SU in that they really need to win, but bigger in the fact that some of these players can kind of just shoot around and it's not too much of a, a worry that they're going to lose. So we've seen some players struggle this season. Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, of course, at the top of the zone, really haven't played all that well. But maybe Jim Beheim gives Kadari Richmond the minutes that the fans have been asking for. Not too much of a pressure cooker situation for SU. I think that that would be really good because Kadari Richmond, a guy that plays just about 21 and a half minutes per game. Fans want him to play a lot more. He plays great defense. He can't really shoot, as we all know, but right. he can get inside and make those layups that the team needs. So more minutes for him this time out, I think, could be a possibility. Yeah, and in the last two games, Richmond has been getting more minutes than Joe Girard. Now, Girard is still starting, and I know that's a conversation that has been had on Fizz Radio way too much, so we're not going to get into it. Um, keep Gerard in the starting lineup, whatever. I, I agree with you. I think Richmond deserves some more minutes, and especially against this Boston College team, because, Matt, this is how I see it going down. Boston College got destroyed from the outside last time they played Syracuse. Syracuse put up a record amount of threes. Now, I'm, I'm pulling up the numbers right now. They hit, uh, let's see, they hit 16 threes in one game. So 16 for 31, that's 52% from beyond the arc for the Orange against Boston College way back when. Uh, so I I think if you're Jim Christian, the easy scouting report is you got to get out on the shooters because you're not going to let Boston College, or rather Syracuse, kill you from outside again. You, you just can't. No, so, you can't. It's just impossible. You know, you know in practice that Jim Christian is saying, all right, let's let's get up on the shooters, let's get out, let's get some hands up. So if that happens, I think that lends Kadari Richmond a, a little more help because Richmond's not an outside shooter. And if they're pressing outside, that opens up the middle, and that can give Richmond some more opportunities to drive and get inside the paint and do the most damage on the inside, which is what he's best at. Yeah, and you mentioned that it was kind of a shooting outing for Syracuse last time out. I mean, everybody in the starting five had double digits. It was really the Allen Griffin game. He had 22 and 10 with his first, or maybe not his first double-double, but a double-double. He was 6 for 9 from behind the arc. Uh, it was an absolute crazy game. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May with you on Fizz Radio previewing SU's matchup with Boston College. Jaron, what do you think this game means for either side. Obviously, Syracuse has to win it, but for Boston College, a little bit of a consolation prize? No, not at all. 
Not at all, at least in my opinion. Listen, Boston College, they're 3-12 and 12 right now. The day of the days of Jim Christian are over, guaranteed. I mean, he was he. There were rumors that he was going to get fired after last season. Now he puts up a three and twelve. It's well, that was probably, the conversation when they played earlier. I remember. That. I know I mean, everyone was talking. Jim Christian is a big game for him. He's still sticking around. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to fire him mid season, especially mid COVID season. So I, I don't, I don't blame them for that. I think after this season, um, he's out of there. Listen, I'm looking at their the rest of their schedule. They play Syracuse, Georgia Tech, UNC, Notre Dame, Florida State, Miami. Like all of those are easy losses for Boston College. They could end the season uh, three in eighteen, for all I know. So I don't think this this game really matters for Boston College all that much. Um, I think it matters a lot for Syracuse, and I know we'll we'll talk some tournament talk um, after a, a break coming up in just a little bit. Um, but so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the short answer of the question. Uh, but Matt, I, I do want to just, because I have some numbers up here and I just want to show you, yeah, I want to lay them on you. Let's, let's, you give me your takes to them. Okay. So defensively, Boston college, according to Ken Palm, teams are shooting 56% from two on them, which is in the bottom 20, uh, bottom 30 in the NCAA. That's not great. That's not great. It's not great. It's, it's really not. Um, also, effective field goal percentage, which basically put together all the shots on the court. They are shooting. They are allowing fifty-four percent from the field, three hundred fourteenth in the NCAA. Matt, Jeez. your thoughts? I mean, <laughs> not good. Defense, defense wins ball games, so that's why Boston College is it. I mean, that's just pitiful defense. I mean, you just can't let teams score all over you like that. When you're, when you're, I mean, we we actually learned that with with Alabama last season. They were they were scoring third best in the country, but they couldn't play any defense, and that's why you know they were a successful squad, but they didn't win too many games because they couldn't play defense. I mean, that's what we're seeing with this Boston College team, except they don't really have the offense. So I mean, I mean, that's just brutal for them. Right. And a, a couple other numbers that our fans should probably know before the Syracuse-Boston College game coming up this Saturday or today, whether you're listening to this um, on the radio or in podcast form. A couple other numbers I'll run through for you, Matt. Field goal attempts, or sorry, three-point attempts to field goal attempts. Boston College is taking 47%. So if, if you break that down, 47% of their field goals are three-pointers, a.k.a. half of their wow. shots are coming from the They just chuck them up from behind the arc. They it's just like the YMCA it range. And, and they're honestly not that good at, at three-point shooting. I mean, they shoot 33%. It's not bad, but it's nothing to hang your hat on. And if you're taking half your shots out there and only shooting 33%, you'd think that he'd change it up at some point. You really uh, would. I mean, I uh, guess that this team's just the, – the destiny is to just be a losing squad this year. Yeah, I mean, they, they really don't have anything. Plus, like you said, like you mentioned before, Matt, the, the COVID issues that they've had to deal with have not helped them at all. Um, Matt, last number I'll lay on you. Um, here we go. Adjusted tempo. So basically how fast they play. 70.7 in Ken Palm terms. That is 63rd fastest in the country. Compare that with Syracuse, and they play 69.4. Again, it's all the Ken Palm numbers. It doesn't really matter. I'll just tell you, ranking-wise, that's 123. And Syracuse, on offense, plays 15.7 seconds on average possession length. That is 32nd fastest 
in the country. So everything that I'm saying to you right now is basically to make the point of these teams like to play fast, get ready for an up-and-down game come this Saturday. Well, Jaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like this Boston College team just gets the ball, runs down the court, shoots a three, waits for the other team to score, gets the ball back, shoots a three, and then just yeah. keeps doing that. I mean, that, yeah. that's not going to no. win you any, any, any basketball. That's not, that's not wrong, and it also kind of sounds like Syracuse, too, especially <laughs> Syracuse when they played Boston College back in December. Absolutely. Well, when we come back, we'll talk a little tourney talk, see if Syracuse still has what it takes to make March Madness. Stay tuned. Back here on Fizz Radio, Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May with you. We're going to get into some tourney talk now. Can Syracuse still make the NCAA tournament, and what do they have to do to get there? Jaron, I'll start by saying Syracuse has three quad one wins left on the schedule. Those are the most valuable wins, and those are the ones that the committee looks at when deciding whether or not a team really deserves to get into the NCAA tournament. Those opportunities are Louisville away on February 17th, Duke away on February 22nd, and Georgia Tech away on February 27th. Three away games for Syracuse doesn't exactly look too good for them, but those are the opportunities left. What do you think they have in terms of an opportunity? Well, here's the thing, Matt, and and this is where you actually have to start. Those Duke and Georgia Tech away games might actually fall out of Quad One by the time Syracuse gets there. There's today uh, we're we're recording this on the 11th. They play Duke the 22nd, then they play Georgia Tech on the 27th. So there is time for those two teams, and neither team is playing great. Georgia Tech has a little momentum, but they lost recently. Uh, Duke is just falling apart. So by the time Syracuse actually gets to those two teams, they could be quad two. I'm not predicting that, but it is a possibility. The Louisville game, I think, is a must win because when you look at it right now, Syracuse is 0-5 in quad one. They're 11-1 in quad two to four. Now, that's not going to get you in the tournament. You could be a perfect 12-0 right now in quad 2-4 to four and still be 0-5 in quad 1 and not make the tournament. That's, that's the end-all, be-all. Like, you have to have, I would say, three quad 1 wins to your record to be a bubble team, not even to be guaranteed into the tournament. So when you look at the remaining schedule, you got to beat Boston College. I think you, can, you and I both agree that that will happen. Um, mm-hmm. but you have to. Yes. Louisville, I think, is a must-win. If you lose it, you got to win the other four pretty handily. Notre Dame, you got to take care of. Like You just go down the line. I think you have to go 5-1, and one, at least. You have to go 5-1. and one. Maybe you lose to North Carolina. It doesn't look great because you're at home against them. Maybe you lose against Louisville. It's not great. It's not ideal, but it's something that you have to deal with. Yeah, you absolutely, I think you have to at least go five and one. You got to pick up five of these games and you got to pick up all those games on the road. Do I think Syracuse will do that? No, I don't think they'll do that at all. But that's what you'll have to do if you're going to win this, uh, if you're going to get into the tournament. I mean, but at this point, Jaron, I want your thoughts on this as well. I, I mean, I just don't think Syracuse is deserving. I mean, they've lost the big games. They've lost some of the weaker games. Those two games to Pitt really hurt their resume. Of course, they did pick up that win against number 16, Virginia Tech, but it wasn't even a quad one win as they played them at home and they're ranked 34th in the net. So, 
I mean, this team just, the resume doesn't show it. They can't win the big game. They get slaughtered by teams that do have a chance, like Virginia, who beat them 81-58. That game was pitiful to watch. I mean, they just don't deserve it. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Matt. Um, here's the thing. I think ever since that Rutgers game way back on December 8th, you could see that this Syracuse team this season just didn't have it against the good teams. They can take care of business against the bad teams, but when they face equal or better competition, they don't rise to the occasion. Rutgers, a 10-point loss. It was a close game um, in the second half towards the end. Buffalo, they just barely squeak out in overtime. Georgetown, they only beat by five. Like you said, you lost twice to Pittsburgh. Those are two games that you just cannot lose to, that you cannot drop. North Carolina, you lose by a handy amount of six. Uh, and again, that game was tied down the stretch. You just go up and down. Virginia, he got blown out. You couldn't even keep with them. Clemson, you got blown out. And Clemson has been on the on a downward spiral since early in this season. So this team just doesn't seem like a tournament team. Even if they rattled off 6-0 and for the last six games and they make the tournament, you're right. It doesn't seem like they're deserving of it. Absolutely. And if, if you think about it like this, the teams they've played on the schedule that they've lost to, those are probably the same caliber of teams you're probably going to play in the tournament. I mean, the only team that you've yeah. beaten that is a tournament team is Virginia Tech. Other than that, these they're just none of these teams are all that good. So That's a good point. you got to look at this resume and say, all right, well, they beat NC State without half their players, and then they beat them – and they're still not very good. Okay, so fine. We'll move back. Virginia Tech, there's your good win. Miami stinks. You blew them out. Who cares? George, Georgetown just scored 48 points against Creighton, a Creighton, a team without a very good defense, and you only beat them by five. Buffalo, you took to overtime. I mean, it's just not a good season for Syracuse basketball. There was never that it guy. Uh, and, I mean, the, it was the offense, really, that, that, that faltered the most. I mean... You really never know where to go with the ball, and, and we found that out against Virginia the most, I think. I mean, that defense of the Cavaliers is stifling. I think everybody knows that. But when you have no place to throw the ball when you need a bucket like you had last season with Elijah Hughes, it shows, and you score 58 points. Matt, I, I completely agree with your take. And, and the offense, yes, the offense has been an issue. But I want to go back to something that you said before. Even if they make the tournament— you have no confidence in them. None. Because I just I they can't make they, I, they won't win a game. I like I of course that's I feel like that's a duh like of course they're not going to win a game. But I actually looked at their schedule and I'm looking at it right now. There's no tournament team that they beat. Miami's not. I guess Virginia Tech is the only one. My and I don't think that they beat Virginia Tech twice. Um, Miami. They're not making the tournament. Georgetown's not making the tournament. The only uh, other tournament team other than Virginia Tech might be Bryant because they're going to win their conference. But mm -hmm. you only beat Bryant by one. And Bryant's not, you know, a, a, a stifling team, a team that you should lose to. So, yeah, Matt, if you make the NCAA tournament, you better have a whole lot of luck on your side if you're Syracuse because talent-wise, I'm writing them off immediately and again I don't even think they're making this tournament they're on the outside not even looking in they're on the outside looking out I don't think they are paying attention to well the, the players are 
Rather, the bracketologists are not even paying attention to Syracuse right now. The only way Syracuse gets on the bracketologist's radar is if they go 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh in their last six games, and then they still have to be able to perform in the ACC tournament, which is a whole nother conversation, Matt. They have to at least get one or two wins in the ACC tournament to also bolster their resume. Yeah, that is another conversation, but one that I think mixes in well with what we're talking about. The ACC tournament this year is going to be extremely telling for Syracuse especially. Can they step up? And Syracuse is a team. You have to give them credit. They are a team to step up in the big moment when they get to a tournament or they, they have a tournament like the NCAA tournament or the ACC tournament. They they make a run sometimes. I mean, think about that Final Four team with Malachi Richardson, Michael Benege, or even last year where no one really thought they had any business being there and then they blew out UNC in the first round before COVID destroyed the season. So... Do you think they do anything in the in the ACC tournament? And and how many wins do you think they need in the ACC tournament in, in to, to, to make a case? Well, it depends on who they get matched up with, and it depends on seeding. Now, if they get matched up with a lower level, let's say Notre Dame, I would even say Georgia Tech or Duke, like none those three teams, NC State wouldn't do it for me. Clemson, I don't think, would do it. Like, if you can get one win over a really good team then that might help. However, if you play one of those bottom teams, NC State, Boston College, Notre Dame, you can toss Duke in there because they're just not that good this year. Georgia Tech is eh. Pittsburgh, maybe. Wake Forest is bad. Like, if you get any of those bottom ACC teams, you got to win that one, and you got to win the next one. If you go up against a North Carolina, or a Virginia Tech, or a Virginia, or a Louisville, those, or a Florida State, those, if you win one and then stay close in your second, maybe. And it depends on the, the rest of the regular season, how that all played out. Uh, so I would say two is really comfortable. One, it really depends. And it depends on how that game and the next game end. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it depends how the season ends as well, like you mentioned. Right. Um, if they can pull out about five of those wins like we talked about, which I don't think they will... I mean, I think they're putting themselves in a position where they'll have to really, really go deep in the ACC tournament if they want to have a chance at March Madness here. I mean, this team is not, as we've mentioned, the team hasn't proven anything, and and that's kind of their last chance to do so. But I don't know. It just doesn't look good. There's there's no superstar power on this team. Your only really good player is Quincy Garrier. Who knows if he's going to be gone next season? Oh, he will. I don't think he will, honestly, but that's a whole other separate conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and there's actually an article about that on Orange Fizz if you want to go check it out, orangefizz.net. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May with you here. We're talking about Syracuse, whether or not they're going to make the tournament, what they'll have to do if they want to be there. But let's take a quick look before we take a break at the future a little bit, Jaron. You've got guys like Kadari Richmond, a freshman. You've got Woody Newton, a freshman, Frank Anselm. And you got some guys on the way out. Barama Sidibe might come back. He might not. Possibly Quincy Garrier leaves. And you got Benny Williams coming in next season. Do you think this team fares any better next year? Yeah, I think they do. If Quincy stays around, I think they do. Um, listen, you can only get better with time. Um, Joe Girard has had an atrocious season. So you got to figure that out. You got to figure out if Kadari can step up into the starting role and and actually add something pretty consistently offensively. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they do get better. Um, 
but Matt, I, I just want to wrap up this, this whole tournament talk um, and give you two hypotheticals. If Syracuse goes 3-5 and five in Quad 1, a.k.a. they beat Louisville, they beat Duke, they beat Georgia Tech, they beat Notre Dame and Boston College. So let's say they I'm, – I'm trying to figure this out. Let's say they go 3-5 and five in Quad 1, um, and then they go 13-2 and two in Quad 2-4. to four. Win one ACC uh, tournament game. Does that get them in the tournament? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think they've proven enough uh, in the season. Maybe they look at it like, okay, they've gotten some momentum deep uh, in the season and they can make a little bit of a run, maybe. I don't know. But I don't I don't think that does it for them. But that does do it for us on this segment. We'll come back <laughs> talking about We'll do some sink or swim action. Stay locked with us here. Back here on Fizz Radio, Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May with you ahead of SU's matchup with Boston College. Jaron, we've talked about, you know, we gave a little bit of a preview of the game. We talked about tournament talk. Is Syracuse going to make it? What do they need to do to get there? Now let's play a game. We're going to play some sink or swim. I'm going to give you a question. You tell me if Syracuse sinks or if Syracuse swims. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I, I mean, I love games. Let's do it. Everyone loves games. You know, you're not special for that. <laughs> Kadari Richmond has received more minutes than Joe Girard in the last couple of games. Does that lead to the team sinking or the team swimming? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say they swim. And listen, this, this is the reason why. Number one, Joe Girard, I think, can be a solid player. I think he showed that last season. However, this year... He's in a slump, and it's basically, Matt, you're a big baseball guy. If you're in a slump, it's it's really hard to get out of it, right? Yes. Yeah. So right now, Joe Girard is in that slump. He's trying to shoot his way out of it. Kadari Richmond gives you a different look. Teams know exactly what they have in Joe Girard. He's a streaky shooter. They have to get out on him, but if he misses his first, they don't have to worry about him for the rest of the game. Kadari Richmond, on the other hand, helps you defensively because he has a 6'10 wingspan and is a menace at the top of the 2-3 zone. And offensively, he adds something that not a lot of Syracuse players have, and that's a driving ability. Most players, like Buddy Bayheim and Alan Griffin, are purely spot-up shooters. Sometimes they can put it on the floor, but most of the times they like to shoot it. Quincy Garrier likes to do his damage getting the ball inside and just staying on the inside. Same thing from Marek Dolezal. I think Kadari Richmond is your best driver. So if Kadari Richmond gets the majority of the minutes, and I don't care who starts, just whoever gets the majority of the minutes at the point guard position, I think that leads to Syracuse, and if it's Kadari, I think that leads to Syracuse swimming. I also think it leads to to Syracuse swimming. They're going to practice their doggy paddle. They're going to be just fine. Uh, (laughs) Kadari has shown a lot of talent this year. A lot of people are comparing him to Michael Carter-Williams, a guy who was long at the top of the zone and played played pretty well on offense but couldn't shoot that well. That's kind of what Kadari Richmond has shown us so far this season, but he hasn't gotten a lot of minutes except for the last couple of games where he's kind of just leapfrog Joe Girard a little bit like you mentioned Girard slumping this season he just hasn't been the guy that he was last year and whether that's because maybe he put on too much muscle he's not fast enough can't play defense can't shoot whatever it is Joe Girard hasn't played well Kadari Richmond hey. playing more over Joe Girard definitely leads to the team swimming Matt Matt when you said muscle did you do air quotes 
Maybe. Yeah. Can't I can no longer I can't confirm nor deny. It is radio. It's radio, so no one can hold you to it. Um, I really hope you, you you said you used air quotes there. Um, <laughs> well, with with Richmond as well. The the last thing I'll say, and I, I know you have a couple other sinker swims for us here, Matt. Um, with Richmond, he does something. Even if you want to play Richmond and Gerard at the, on at this, like put him on the court at the same time, I think that actually helps because Joe Gerard's not a true point guard. He, when he does play good, is better off ball, coming off screens, spot up shooter. Same thing as Buddy Behan. But when you have Buddy and Joe on the court at the same time, one of them has to bring up the ball, and you don't have Elijah Hughes who can do that this season. So with Kadari Richmond now, he can be your primary ball handler. Joe Girard can then switch over to the two if Buddy needs a rest, and Girard can be a better player off ball than he can on ball. So I think it's a win-win with Kadari Richmond out there. Defensively, he's much better than Girard. Offensively, he adds something different. Plus, he can help out Girard's game. Absolutely. I mean, we know that Gerard is better off ball. We've seen that this season. Uh, but let's move on to our second sink or swim. We saw Boo Ramasadibe come back <laughs> against Clemson and nearly foul out in just around 10 minutes. Does the team sink or swim if he makes a permanent return to the, to the lineup? That's a great question. And I honestly, it's hard to make a decision with that. There's a right answer here, Jaron. I know, listen, I know you're not a big Burama fan. I know you're not. Um, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not anti-Burama, but I am anti the notion that if Burama comes back, the team is saved. So, all right, so are you saying they sink? Well, I'll wait for your answer, and then I'll tell you mine. <laughs> okay, all right, well, I, I was going to try to stall and figure out my answer and allow you to go, I'll go, I don't care. Um, all right, I'm going to say they've, I'm going to say they swim. Here's the, blasphemous. Here's, That's blasphemous. <laughs> here's the reason why. And I look at Syracuse's remaining schedule. They go up against quite a few good big men. You have North Carolina has the two-headed monster, and we already saw UNC tear apart Syracuse down low, especially on the offensive boards um, earlier this season. Georgia Tech has two really good uh, – Moses, uh, I, I forget his name, but Georgia Tech is, is two really good uh, big men as well. Notre Dame is, and Louisville has, has a pretty good big man. Boston College, if James Carnick is ready to go, he could also do some damage on the inside. So I'm looking on a matchup basis. Barama at least adds some height. I think they're better offensively without him. I like what they've done with Marek at the five. I think he's done a pretty darn good job at the five this season, and it's nothing to take away from him. I think the fouling is an issue, and I know that's going to be one of your main points, Matt. I just think it doesn't hurt to have him in the lineup. I don't think he's a starter, but if you need some taller guys out there, I think he's the best option that you have. I'm not sold on Jesse Edwards. I'm not sold on Frank Ansel. So the, it depends how this team uses Burama if he's healthy. Okay. And I don't care if these guys have Yao Ming starting at the five or Muggsy <laughs> Bogues. Burama is going to foul them and nearly foul out in 10 minutes. It's just what the guy does. That's all he knows how to do. He says, all right, here comes the guy. Let me just hack him because that's all, that's all he has to do. I mean, I mean, it's just it's cut and dry. The dude fouls. He just fouls. He doesn't play defense. He just hacks these guys. So... 
if the team throws Barama out in the starting five and tries to play him as long as possible, he's going to foul. They're going to struggle. doesn't matter because they're going to be beat on the inside regardless. The way to use Barama is to not start him, and whenever the opposing team goes on a big run and you're unable to stop them inside, chuck Barama in the lineup, right. let him you know foul or or just stop a run or two, and then take him back out. The guy's yeah, that's got what I'm saying. So, so so you swim. That's what I'm saying. He fits. Well, a, it depends. He fits a good role. It depends and that's a if sink. they if they start him, they sink. If they bench him and use the bones philosophy, they swim. That's where I'm at. Our, for all of our listeners, uh, Matt Bonaparte is nicknamed Bones. So the they know Bones that. They philosophy. know because of Bones' biggest takeaways. Oh, that's true. Bones' They're biggest takeaways. Aware. That that is a classic football season uh, article. If you want to go or series of series of articles, if you want to go check them out, OrangeFizz.net. Uh, yeah, Matt. I well, here's the thing. I I agree with you. I think he fits a very particular need, and in that need, he helps the team swim. I don't think at any point. He would make the team, well, at, at some points he might. Uh, but I, overall, I, I think there's more swimming rather than sinking. I don't. Because when he gets tossed in there, he's in there for a very particular reason, like you said. Sure. Sure. Right. Okay, so you well, did, well, I, did, I, sw- yeah. did I swing well, you? Are you officially on the swimming tree? Team? No, I, I'm honestly fairly indecisive, but <laughs> I, I get. I know I can't. I, my heart will not let me say they swim with. I know you don't want to agree with me. They I sink. get it. That's they fine. Sink. No, I don't want to agree with you. They sink. Okay. All, right. All right. BC returned most of their starters after COVID scares and injuries against Clemson, but will it matter? Does Syracuse sink or swim in this one? It's they're swimming. This one's way too easy, Matt. I wish you made it harder on me. Uh, Boston College. Like I've said repeatedly already on this show, if, you, if you're if you just now tuning in, uh, Boston College is bad. Simply they put, are. They're bad. They're bad. They're bad. They've won three games this year. Like, that's it. That's all they've done. Um, and those teams were not good. It was Maine. It was Miami. It was Rhode Island. They've lost to bad ACC teams. They've lost to Wake Forest. They've lost to Notre Dame. They've lost to NC State. They lost to a Minnesota team, which was eh. They lost to St. John's before St. John's, who recently has started to pick it up a little bit. Uh, Boston College is bad. They have been dealing with COVID issues, so they haven't had a consistent lineup recently, and they've they've had some issues. And now Syracuse blew them out by 40 at Boston College. Now you're playing Syracuse in the Dome, and of course it's not the normal Dome experience. Syracuse wins this one easily. Um, They swim. I agree. Syracuse swims in this one. You know, I didn't want to make it too hard for you after you failed the Barama question, so I had to just give you a layup. You just said that you were indecisive. Jaron, I had to give you a layup at the end. Jaron, I had to give you a layup at the end. You said that you were uh, Yeah, I had to give you a layup at the end, Jaron. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you. All right. Um, Syracuse swims in this one. Boston College is bad. We all know that. They're just kind of awful. Um, I guess, you know, this one was a little bit of a layup, but I'm glad you passed it nonetheless, Jaron. Uh, when we come back, we will do a little bit of fictional fizz. We'll get to your fizz feedback on Twitter. Stay locked for our last block. (laughs) 
Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May back with you, wrapping up shop here on Fizz Radio. Jaron, we've got to get to our fictional Fizz, our fictional fictional betting lines, and our Fizz feedback. Let's hop right in to fictional Fizz. Kadari Richmond received 28 minutes against Clemson, 25 against NC State. Does he get over or under 26.5 against Boston College? That's a good line, Matt. That's right in between the last two. Um, I'm going to say he's over because I, th- I see this game as a blowout, and I, I think that he will get some extra minutes in the second half. Um, he had 28 in a, in a blowout against Clemson. Um, he's only gone over that mark of 26 and a half. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five times this season, um, and three of them were when he was a starter at the beginning of the year. So it is a, it's a pretty high line for him. However, like I said, Boston College, not a good team. I think Syracuse handles them pretty easily. Um, so I will take the over in this one in a blowout, which gives Kadari some extra minutes of run time um, in the second half. I'm going to take the over as well for similar reasons to you. I think that this is a game where... Beheim just kind of runs out all the guys that need some playing time because it's an easy win. They're just going to stomp them and, you know, throw out Kadari Richmond, maybe some Woody Newton, Frank Robert Anselm. Braswell, maybe a little bit of Frank Anselm. We don't know, possibly. But, Can we get uh, some John Bowl in there? Well, don't don't get too greedy, no, Jerry. No, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's all the okay, wild. My bad. My but uh, really I'm gonna take the over. Here. I'm gonna take the over on that one too. All right, on to the second one. Syracuse drained a record-breaking 16 threes against BC last time they played. Does the Orange make over or under ten and a half? They've only hit over ten and a half one, two, three times this season. Um, and they haven't done that since the uh, – I'm trying to do this quickly. They haven't done that since January 6th against Pittsburgh. I say no. I'm going to take the under of 10.5 threes, um, partly because that's a really high mark. And they've, again, like I've said, they've only hit that three times. They haven't hit it in over a month. Um, and like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think Jim Christian, if he has somewhat of a coaching brain somewhere in there, um, which he, he, he might not, who knows? Oh God. <laughs> uh, he needs to in practice, tell his team, you got to get out on shooters cause we're not going to allow them to kill us from the outside again. So I don't think Syracuse hits over 10 and a half threes. Give me the under. I'm going to be optimistic and say that they do hit at least 11 threes in this game. I'm going to take the over on the 10.5. Uh, That's and it's an aggressive, because, aggressive take, Matt. And here's here's the reason. They're coming off a win. They're feeling themselves a little bit. They're like, oh, yeah, we're in oh, our yeah. bag. And then they look back on the schedule and they say, oh, yeah, we beat these guys and we literally scored 101 points. Let's just do that again. And then they come out and they rifle threes and they're just shooting all over the place. And it's on the home floor this time. They don't even have to go to the Conti Forum, historic Conti Forum, that is. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the over on this one in front. Uh, they'll, they'll do it in front of no fans, but some of the media members who might be closeted Orange fans and don't want to tell anybody. Um, so, so, hold on, hold on, Matt. So, you think that they are. Uh, I'm I'm doing math real quick for you. Okay, so they've had they've had 17 games. They've shot 414 threes. So if you do that math correctly, they're taking 24 threes per game on average. 
on average. And they're shooting 32%. So if you multiply that by 32%, that means that they're only making an average of eight threes per game. You think they're going actually Uh, 7.8. So you think that they're going to hit 11 against Boston College, a number that they haven't hit since, since January? Absolutely. I think that they're going to do that. Got to be optimistic in this world, Sharon. Wow. You know? Okay. Uh, I like right. to listen to math, but that's fine. Um, you I do don't. you. Grooving letter right along here. We've got our last fictional fizz before we get to fizz feedback. We agreed that Syracuse needs five wins to have a chance at the tournament. Do they get over or under three and a half down the stretch? Oh, over. Over. Hmm. Um, I, I, I think Boston College is an easy win. I think Notre Dame is an easy win. Um, Duke... You can oh now that I'm looking at it I don't yeah, know yeah. ah you don't three and know, a half was I forgot that they had six games left. Jaron has uh, gone from oh easy to ooh maybe not three and a half was a good line Matt I didn't realize I so. it until I actually pulled up the schedule again Boston College Notre Dame they need over three and a half I don't think they get there I think they get three at most I don't so think taking, they get there I, I'm taking the under all right I don't think they get there either I'm also going to take. The under, and let's hop over to Twitter for our Fizz feedback. At Orange Fizz, baby. At Orange Fizz. I mean, just go check it out. It's a good time. Uh, Our first Fizz feedback, what does Syracuse have to do for the last six games of the regular season to make the tournament? We've talked about that plenty, and the fans agree with us. Five five and one, it was won the poll, 40.6%. I mean, we talked about that. We covered that. I mean, we agree. they got to win at least five. They got to go five and one, and they also have to win some ACC tournament games. I voted for five and one. I'm in the majority. Let's go. The next one we did was what will Syracuse's postseason fate be? The NCAA tournament or the NIT tournament, the National Invitational? Uh, the NIT won sixty one point seven percent. That's not something you like to see as an Orange fan, but uh, I mean it's it's probably the truth. I voted for NIT. I don't even know if the NIT is going to even happen this season. So uh, maybe they don't even make a tournament, but I I voted NIT. And we got some comments on this one. Andrew Potter said, I voted NCAA because when it comes to Q Sports, I got to believe they're going to win until they don't. That's some good optimism from Andrew. Andrew, We also had. Come on. Go go ahead. No, No. that's, that's, that's the issue with Syracuse fans. They just have blind faith without actually being realistic. You got to let Andrew be optimistic, man. No, I I like optimism. I like optimism. He's wearing a Royals hat. He just got Andrew Benintendi. He should be happy. Oh, stop that. Matt, if you remember (laughs) at the beginning of the football season, I was optimistic. I said that they were going to win like five games or whatever, like that. Yeah, because. Whatever I said. Yeah, I was optimistic. I like being optimistic. That is like, now you got to be realistic Blind faith is is out the window at this point of the season. All right. Well, I think you should leave Andrew B. Also, the lawyer with the dragon tattoo just replied with uh, Mikey the situation from the Jersey Shore looking quite hesitant. I don't know exactly what that means, but I somehow agree. Uh, On to our third Fizz feedback with New York State. Announcing fans can attend sporting events. How much would you be willing to pay to go watch SU? And it was $1 to $50 that won. I happen to agree. I don't think I'd pay much to watch this team. I would not either. However, men's lacrosse is coming up, and I would pay a good amount. Luckily, media get in for free. And our last one, who wins on Saturday between SU and BC? How does it end? We've got a tie. Can you believe it? We have a tie. SU wins by 1 to 10, and SU wins by 10 plus. Tied at 45.7%. Jaron, can you believe it? 
I got it. I, I, I can believe it. I got SU uh, plus 10 on this one, uh, but time will tell. All right. Well, that's all the time we have on Fizz Radio. Matt Bonaparte and Jaron May wishing you a nice Saturday and, and a hopeful Syracuse win.